0: right to be read podcast episode number 39 interview with jill sanders
1: you are listening to the right to be read podcast and this is your host Annie alexander
0: hello everyone and welcome to the right to be right podcast the podcast that inspires and encourages writers I'm your host Danny Alexander and I'm really happy to have you back or if you're the first time listener I'm even happier that you found me and I hope that you will stay with me for the upcoming episodes today's episode is very inspiring and I'm really excited to present you uh, the interview not only because the writer I will be talking to is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author but because she's reached those heights being completely self-published By herself and starting from scratch. So today I'm going to speak to Jill Sanders. As I already mentioned, she is the New York Times and USA Today best selling author of the Pride series, Secret series, and West series romance novels. Having sold over 150,000 books within six months of her first release, she continues to lure new readers with her sweet and sexy stories. Her books are available in in every English-speaking country and are now being translated to six different languages and recorded for audiobooks. Before we start I would like to apologize in advance for the relatively poor quality of sound um, but I did my best and cleaned it as much as possible and I hope it will not distract you too much. Okay, let's start already. Welcome to the show, Jill. I'm I'm really honored to have you at the Right to Be Right podcast.
1: Thank you. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Well, uh I uh, I just would like to start from the, well, let's say, relatively beginning. Uh, As far as I know, you've been, uh, you had a successful IT career before you discovered that uh, you had a talent as a writer. So I, I was just wondering, how did you discover that? What was the story behind?
1: Well, I initially started writing shortly after my mother passed away, almost 10 years ago. And I just did it to fill time. And I had two small kids at that time, so I didn't have a lot of time, but I did take that time to myself. And then, you know, business had to take place. I mean, I had to pay the bills and we had to support our children. And so I was, like you said, in the IT world and did that mainly and just wrote on the side. I sat on it forever until we moved to Texas and we were helping my father-in-law recover from his wife's death. So we moved to Texas as a family and thought, oh well, we'll get a job there. And there we moved in such a small town that there were no IT jobs. (laughs) Uh My husband finally did find a job, and so that was helpful. And then a year or two later, he lost his job. And we were on, about to have to move back into the city to find work when I was talking to my twin sister, and she had read everything I have ever written. And she's helped me, you know, just encouraged me and been my support. And she said, Why don't you publish your books? And I thought no, me, I can't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it's better move back to the city, which you don't want to do. And so that evening I put my first book, Finding Pride, up on Amazon. And the rest is kind of history. It just, it snowballed from there, so.
0: Okay, and when when was it exactly? Which year?
1: Um, October of 2000, or actually November of
0: 2012. But okay, I so, it, those were Mm -hmm. the times when kind of Amazon boomed and, uh,
1: yep. And I didn't really start seeing success until I hit about my third book. And that was about four months, four or five months later that I put my second book up. And then the third book went up about seven months after I put my first book up.
0: Okay, I see. So um, you, you said that uh, you had the, the books ready and written. Uh, was it difficult to kind of format it for Kindle and get a cover and, you know, the small things which are kind of, you know, relatively small, but necessary to do before publishing on Amazon?
1: Right, it was, you know, a learning process for sure. The first time I put it up, there was no formatting. The book cover was the wrong size. The fonts um, were invisible or couldn't be seen when you switch your Kindle to black. Um, so it definitely was a long process for me, the, as well as just any growing experience. I mean, I learned that you need a really good editor. You need really good book covers. You know, it's just hit and miss, and you kind of learn as you go along.
0: Okay, and did you get any negative reviews? Because I mean, in the very beginning, you you had some self doubts, but and you I mean, y- your sister encouraged you, but you yourself did not think that you could do that. So, uh, what happened with the review part? Did you get positive reviews, which encouraged you to move forward, or did you get some negativity coming your way?
1: I think I had more negative to begin with, and you know, I can't tell you how many times I would go to my husband or my kids. Oh, they hate me. Oh my goodness. Why am I doing this? Um, but you know what? I, I took the challenge. Um, I don't know if a lot of people, you know, if you cave, you'll never know. And so that's the one thing I will tell an inspiring author is push past it because you, you can overcome anything. And I took those negative reviews and I learned from them and I chose to to kind of use them as my fuel and I pushed past them and I am so grateful I did. And then the positive reviews started coming in and my family was so supportive and it just, it really did help seeing those positive reviews. I actually spend every morning, every day looking at reviews. I read them, I, the negative, the good, the bad, everything. And i learn from them and I build my, my characters and I build my books based on those reviews.
0: Okay, I see. But let's go back and just imagine what happened when you put your very first book on Amazon, you you put it there uh, in on next morning, I presume you went to the dashboard to see how the sales were doing or how many downloads you had. And what did you see?
1: It was kind of a shock to me because it was a new book. And a new book and a new author for Amazon. And back then they did a big push for those kind of things. So I instantly had more book sales than I thought I would ever have, which helped and hurt because this was in in all essence, a unedited version of my book. (laughs) And Uh so I get a lot of teachers who say oh my goodness what are you in grade school (laughs) you know (laughs) and so that hurt as far as instantly I saw my sales slip and until I could afford a full editor because remember at this time we were hurting financially Mm -hmm. and so when I finally had sold enough books the second I sold enough that I can afford an editor it went straight to the editor and then once it was re-edited, um, I got a new book cover and kind of republished it. And it was like a brand new thing. And so again, it was good sales, good sales. And that, that really helped because at that point I had put my second book up. So yes, the first time I first night, um, I put the book up, I sat there and watched. I refreshed my screen constantly. Oh, I got one sale. Oh, I got two. <laughs> so yes, it was nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, I can imagine because I had the same. <laughs> so it's, it's just, yes. you know. <laughs> Yeah, and um, here it's. I I would just like to to mention to to ask listeners to pay attention to the fact that investing in your book is very important, and uh, I, I I truly believe that the investment you made at to the editor and to the book cover designer were like the the, the biggest and best things you you did as the first steps because they uh, I'm sure they affected. Very positively, what happened next.
1: Absolutely. It's like you have a car, you need to buy gas, you need to buy oil, you need to maintain that car. If it you don't, it's not going to drive you to work. So that's exactly what you need to do. You're correct. So.
0: And when you started in the very beginning, I presume you did not have your own audience because you, you were not a blogger. And you were did you have a presence online? Or did you have a base where you would start uh, getting readership?
1: No, I had nothing. There were a couple websites out there that helped um new authors. And I really, I did a lot of reading. I started friending any and all authors I could on Facebook, which was a great thing. Um Goodreads was a huge help for me in the beginning. I asked questions and people didn't treat me terrible for asking a stupid question, which, like I said, there is no stupid questions out there in this, line of business. And so those kind of sites, I did start doing my own little blog, which quickly snowballed because I would interview other authors and then I would review books. And all of a sudden I had like 2000 review requests from authors and I couldn't read that fast as I'm trying to write my own books. Yeah. So I had to, I had to stop doing that after a while. I just didn't have the time And the blog I switched, um, eventually switched over because again, I tried to, now I'm trying to focus on writing. And I'm getting about a book and a half written each month, which I, my readers just absolutely love that they don't have to wait six months to a year to read my next installment. So
0: yeah, that's exactly uh, I mean, uh, in my previous interviews with successful writers, and with people who are uh, who know well the industry, uh, many, many advice to write in series and to ship quite fast. So that's exactly what you're doing here, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Okay. And in this case, uh, let's go to the moment. I mean, when did this happen? When did you hit the New York Times bestsellers list? And was it still a self-published books or you
1: ended up with traditional publisher at some point? Um, I'm still fully self-published. And so every book I have is published by me. Um, I'll tell you what actually... Changed what flipped over for me is when I brought my husband on board. (laughs) Um, he is a super genius, um, with cover design, with marketing. He spent, he locked himself in a room for an entire month, read every article, read every book, watched every interview, uh, from other authors. And he then turned around and built out new covers for all of my books. So every cover that I have has been because of my husband's design. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then like that next week, we switched all the covers to my pride series to the new covers. And that's when I shot up. The other thing that happened was I contacted lots of authors. Remember I've been doing this since the beginning on Facebook and I happened to start mentioning to authors, Hey, I've friended you. Um, I just would love to chat with you and I would love to, you know, have a moment of your time. And I had a really great response from Dana Martin and Dana messaged me back and she said, Oh my gosh, Jill, you're the person I've been looking for. I want to do a box set. And so we collaborated and it took about a year. And we did this huge box set, and that was the first time we hit New York Times, the first time I hit New York Times. So it was exciting that it boosted me to that next level. And, you know, it's been rolling ever since. So.
0: Okay, so here you have like, you know, people who kind of were next to you and by your side. And you had this in-house uh, exceptional support, <laughs> which, yes. uh, which is a very big plus, because very often you end up working with people like literary agents or, you know, the designers, etc., who are not really that interested in your personal success. So Correct. here you had this, um, you know, the the knowledge the skill plus the personal support emotional support which many are lacking and it's it's like the ideal solution for things
1: <laughs> correct yes it is so important i know i i can only speak for myself but i'm somewhat of an introvert and so, you know, I'm happily sitting in my pajamas in my office and just spending the day looking at the computer screen. So it it does take a lot to put yourself out there and talk to these other authors because they're the best ones to do this, to help and support you because they're going through the same thing. And so that I have still these ladies, all 10 of them um, are just such a great support group. As well as the last couple months I've gone to several big book conferences and met wonderful ladies there as well and and have actually become very very good friends with a lot of them and I honestly think I'll be friends for life with these ladies regardless and they have helped as well so just the support of your family the support of um, friends who actually understand because if you have, best friend from high school or whatever and they're not really into books they're not going to be that supportive they may go oh that's nice or that's good but you know another author when you say hey my book is number one today Which it is. Yay. I have a book. That's number one.
0: Um, Yeah. I saw your, um, your status on Facebook. Yeah. Amazing. Congratulations
1: on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You know, those other authors are like, Oh my goodness. Way to go. Because they know everything that you've done to achieve that. Whereas somebody who isn't an author thinks. It's this stereotype. They think you just sit around and watch TV or, or do whatever. But the fact is, is from sunrise to sunset, I work unless if I'm with my family. So it is a hard working job. You do have to put in the hours. You have to put in the money and the effort. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everyone thinks that it's a dream job. And but no one really, um, if, if he's not in, in that, uh, no one really understands how much does it take the, the time, the effort, the emotions that you're putting in your writing. And, you know, at the end of the day, you,
1: you kind of feel drained <laughs> after yes, writing yes. the
0: whole day. Uh,
1: I, I liken it to standing in front of the world, but naked. So, you know, <laughs> you definitely are putting your Because these characters are you, whether you, you know, whether you're good, bad, evil or whatever, everything that is in my characters has come from me. And so that's that's putting yourself out there definitely.
0: Absolutely. So uh, what would you advise if if there is a newbie writer who's just starting writing and who's starting from from where you did, like, you know, without audience, without uh, in-house support, because let's say uh, their husbands or wives uh, don't really understand how much does it take and what it is exactly. Where should they go to to get these really nice support groups and people who might eventually help them out in the beginning
1: well goodreads is a very great resource there are authors out there that um, you can join the author groups and there's support there are questions and there are answers everything you need to know there Um, the other thing is I mean Facebook has been Facebook and Twitter have been invaluable Um, there are author groups out there that you can join Um, the number one thing is don't give up, um, you know, use that, those bad things as fuel to get past it. And, and you couldn't, if, if you have all that, then there's no reason you can't succeed.
0: Yeah. And you have to prove those bad reviews wrong,
1: right? So (laughs) Correct. Correct. You have to either prove them wrong or change it and make them wrong. So yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and what about, uh, the reader's perspective? How do you engage readers, the ones who read your books?
1: The same way you kind of do authors, but you gear towards readers. So you go, you know, the Facebook and the Twitter, you go to these conventions. If, you know, if there are local conventions, you can do that to begin with, if you don't, you know, can't fly into other states. Um, you know there are so many ways even just going down to your library and requesting your library to carry your own books um business cards i personally always carry a stack of my books with me because if i engage somebody then hey you read romance books wonderful here's a free one and then I handed, I handed a free book to a lady at one of the conventions who was actually getting, she was there for a different convention. Uh, She happened to be there for a fertilizer convention, which was, I thought was hilarious. But, um, she, I gave her a book and she read it on the airplane back home. And then she messaged me and said, I bought everything that you've ever written now. She said, 100% true fan. So I've earned her. And then she turned around and told her mother and her sister and, and several friends. So it's word of mouth is always great too, but you want to represent yourself as not needy, like, Oh, I need you to buy my books because this isn't about buying books for Mm -hmm. me. It's about you enjoying my stories. And, and I have so many stories to tell And I love getting them out of my head. So it's wonderful that other people can enjoy them as well.
0: So where do you get your inspiration and these uh, uh, so many stories and ideas you have?
1: Well, um, if I ever stumble and can't come up with something, my husband is a great background and and my kids. Uh, If We'll go on a long drive and we'll just sit there and hash out ideas. And, And yes, I've got two teenage boys Who talk about romance books (laughs) with their mother. Um, So, you know, they think, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this happens or this? Um, When we were in Texas, uh, I now live in Florida. I just moved. And so when we were in Texas, my husband's like, hey, you're in Texas. You know, when you're in Texas, you got to do what the Texans do. And he goes, you need to write a Texas series. And that's where my West series came from. So we just... Kind of hashed it out, and I came up with the idea of three sisters, and he helped me kind of fine tune a couple things and and you know so it's great to have somebody to bounce ideas back and forth
0: uh-huh okay, so it's 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 amazing how this family collaboration works. it's just yeah a really nice tandem <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> and I'm very lucky that I have a family like that, so but I've always had. I mean, I am a big daydreamer. And if you see me sitting in a room and I'm just kind of staring off in space, I'm, I'm killing somebody in my mind or I'm, I'm, you know, putting a couple together or, you know, different things. So it's, it's, you know, I've always been a daydreamer.
0: Yeah, well, amazing. Very nice. I mean, I, I think most of the writers are actually, because that yeah. that's how they start. They most probably start in, in their, their daydreams and in their thoughts <laughs> and right. then start putting those <laughs> on paper. Yeah. Uh, well, with nonfiction writers, it's a bit easy because they can, I mean, when they have a website and they have a blog, um, they can kind of, kind of link the ideas and subjects to their books and then even build a kind of of a side business uh, related to the topic etc etc with right. uh, fiction writers um, most of the fiction writers have a challenge and can't really figure out what they should put on their website and if they are keeping a blog what they should uh, blog about because in the very beginning um, I mean now you can blog about your characters and your books because many people have read them and they are in series etc but 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 in the very beginning, especially if you are a new writer and people don't know about your books, what can you blog about?
1: The great thing about this, what we do, is that there's other people out there that do the same thing. So you can always blog about other authors. You can do what you're doing. You can help other authors. You can teach other authors what steps uh, successful authors have done, Um, learning tools, there's so many things that you can do. You can even just have, if you're a cook, like if you like to cook, list your daily, you know, favorite meals, those kind of things. There's so many things that you can write about or highlight about in a blog that will keep people interested. I mean, there's interests all over the world, you know, if you're into cars and those kind of things. So, you know, just, just find something that you're interested in and readers will come to that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm, I see. And I know that your books have been translated to different languages. Uh, do you know uh, how the foreigners are perceiving your books? Well, they're
1: actually currently being translated. Ah, okay. <laughs> they haven't finished yet. Um, but I do know that the West series, my cowgirl series, seems to be a better seller than a lot of my other series. Um and I don't know that's overseas. And I don't know if that's because, you know, the cowboy type thing is really big. I mean, it's it's definitely a niche that people really like overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have uh, my whole pride series is in audio, which is a huge success. And right now, my West series is being recorded right now. <gasps> I can't wait for them to be done. So um, mm-hmm. that's always another step that they can do the translations, I'm hoping those take a little bit longer. So if you're looking to get your books translated, it is a lot of money. And it is a long time, because it's it is in essence, they're rewriting your book in a yeah. different language. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it's it's not just I mean, the, the person who translates shouldn't be just a person who knows the language. It should be Correct. someone who also understands the fiction and the style, and so he, he he tries to keep the maximum of of the original version and and uh, give out the the emotions and and the style and everything that you had put originally in this book, which is quite a difficult job, I think,
1: <laughs> yes, and they even have an it edited afterwards, so it's like multiple edits, and once it's done, hopefully it'll be just you know. It'll be just as big sales numbers and as successful as it is here in, in the English language. I know they do that for audio. Audio is, is can be quicker um, because it's somebody reading your book and they, you know, have their audio, mm-hmm. everything they need to go for that. So that's, you know, a good step, too, that it once you start seeing a little bit of success, again, turn that money back into your books um, and, you know, what you put into it, you'll get out of it tenfold.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I see. And I would like to talk a bit about the traditional publishers because, I mean, they are kind of very difficult to get when you're just starting. But mm-hmm. when you become successful, they tend to come to you themselves at some point. Yeah. So uh-huh. I presume that you've been approached by some traditional publishers, but you, you stayed self-published. Uh, what was the reason? I mean, I, I know that uh, staying self-published is much better, but I would like you to explain it to the listeners.
1: That's fine. Um <laughs> yes, I have been approached and you know, it, I'm a, n- I'm not the kind of author that say I absolutely will never go to traditional because that, you know, I don't know what the future can hold, but I do know for now self-publishing has gotten me where I am and I'm completely content with that. So, um, I do know that I wouldn't mind working with um, some publishers in the past because it is difficult. Now, as an indie author, you won't see your books in Walmarts or Targets mm-hmm. or other big chains because those big chains do not carry indie authors. Um, so you have to just accept that your sales are digital and, and there are successful. I mean, digital sales are 100% viable and they're well worth it. So, you know, uh, when you say that you're an author and your friends go, "Oh, well, are you in Walmart?" No. Then they, may, a lot of people who don't read go, "Oh, well, then you're not successful." You know. Uh-huh. So, but yeah. that isn't the case. That isn't the case. You've got number one best selling. Like, like you've mentioned, you're number one on Amazon. That is a huge step. You know, you as an author know what it takes to get there. Yeah. And so. And and you just kind of have to, again, use that as fuel when people say, oh, well, you're not a successful author then. So, you know, just move past it and say, well, the indie world is growing and it will always grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I believe in that too. So um, what kind of promo tools are you using to promote your books? Because, uh, I mean, it's easy to launch a book, but it's difficult to keep the ongoing sales. What are you doing in that respect?
1: Well, it's, I've, it's, oops, sorry. It's been terrible, um, this, this last month because we've been moving. So, and I've released two books and I'm actually going to release a third one this month. So as far as promotion goes, I'm terrible right now. I mean, I have, all I have done is put it on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Google and Goodreads, those kind of things. But normally for my book releases, I'll have a huge giveaway. Um, like I when for my release for secret sauce. I did a huge giveaway at, at um, uh, cookbook.com. So, I mean, they're, they're good. You can do giveaways that are specific for the book that you're writing. Like that one was about a cook mm-hmm. or a chef and so you you know i gave away kitchen items um a gift card for kitchen items you mm-hmm. can give away Kindles if you have if you want to put the time and the effort in like i've given away a Kindle i've given away gift cards so giveaways are a great way to um get your readers back interactive like if they haven't read anything of yours for a while you can do a giveaway hey if you enter you can win this mm-hmm. um the other thing is is i post teasers um they love teasers. And I always do it like a cliffhanger teaser. Um, you can do pictures, like, um, here's what this character looks like in my mind, those kind of things. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've seen those on Facebook. The, the yeah. And the cover, re- um, I mean, the cover revealing. Reveal. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very nice and interesting as
1: well. Yes. And
0: so so I presume you have an email list, right?
1: Yes, I do. Absolutely. And they can sign up um, when they go to my website at jillsanders.com. If they sign up to my newsletter, they'll get a free novella. So that's another thing that draws people in is they get a free book.
0: Okay. So your lead magnet is the free book and, and then yeah. I, I I guess it's it's a very good marketing step as well because most probably once they get um they they find out your writing style and and uh, get the taste of your books, then you know, they will know what they will be getting once they purchase the the
1: novels, let's say. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Uh, as if I I'm I'm also a reader. I have been a reader since uh, I'll be honest, at age 13 I became a speed reader. So, yeah. um I, you know, for me to try a new author, I need to taste them first. I need to see what they're like if I'm going to like their style and their characters. Yeah. And it's a great way to draw people in because I am very loyal reader. If I find a, an author I like, I'll read their next book. I'll buy it before I even know what it's about. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I think most of the readers are such. So it's yeah. uh, it's, it's very um, interesting and we can capitalize on that at some point. Right. Okay, and uh, well, I, as far as I know, you have more than 20 books now already?
1: Yes. Um, actually this is my 18th. I'm re I'm writing my 19th. So yes. (laughs)
0: almost 20 (laughs) almost 20 so uh, how do you stay productive how do you make sure that you know you you get your work done and uh, because usually you know we all know that life comes uh, across and things happen and you know sometimes we even don't really feel like writing so much at that particular day so what's your writing routine or how do you make sure that you keep staying productive
1: well, you know, what's uh, that is a great question. Um, what's funny is I've went to all these conferences and these, I listened to all these authors say, you have to, as a writer, you need to write every day, regardless of how you feel. And I will tell you the absolute op- opposite. It is not that way with me. If I don't feel like writing, I don't write. But when the writing bug hits me, I'll lock myself in the room and like, I, I, I'm going to admit this, I wrote, wrote uh, Breaking Travis in three days, and I don't even think I really got up to go to the restroom. I, I know I showered because you need that refreshness, but I mean, it was like the keyboard was almost smoking. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, there are times that you're not going to write, and then there are times that you're just absolutely need to get a hold of your your computer and write every word down use those times. Um, if you can, you know, have your spouse take care of the children's or the dogs or whatever you have and just walk yourself off. My family knows that when I'm in here and they hear the keyboard going, just (laughs) walk past the room, you know, but I've got teenagers, so they're not, you know, little ones anymore, but they know mom's riding. It's, you know, closed door time type (laughs) thing.
0: I see. Yeah, very interesting. And do you usually I mean, when you are starting writing the book, of course, you know what you will be writing about. But do you have the whole outline in your mind? You know, where you start and where you finish and how you go? Or you you leave um, space for
1: flexibility? I am 100% flexible. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I know the characters names and I actually, I search the internet and look at pictures of people and say, Oh, this would make a good character. And then I write him, him or her in. Um, but other than that, I, I usually have an outline in my head, but I don't tie myself down to it because as I'm writing, I may change something and that change always ends up being good or exciting. And if I don't like it, like it, I'll delete it you know I have Mm -hmm. deleted chapters at a time so
0: (laughs) yeah I see yeah why I'm asking is because I mean uh, I'm doing the same I don't really Uh have a fixed outline and Mm -hmm. many people are absolutely you know horrified because of that like you know why you you're writing and you don't know what you will be writing next I know that's that's just you know how are you doing that especially non-fiction writers they can't get it at
1: all (laughs) Uh (laughs) I thought I, I thought something was wrong with me when And I saw an interview of JK Rowling and she had a big board and her little, all her little pins and timelines. And I'm like, oh no, I need a timeline. And so I started using the timeline and it just confused me. I am not good with charts. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's just, you know, uh, what I'm doing given is like, you know, if I have the general idea of the book I'm writing about, uh, mm-hmm. I even sometimes kind of, you know, when when you said that you write when you feel like it and when mm-hmm. when the writing back uh, hits you, it's mm-hmm. just with me, it's um, when I'm... Um, Waking up, for example, and I feel like I, I want to write to to write today for this book. I kind of I follow my mood and I write uh-huh. the scene which I am in mood for. So yeah. I may even end up like you know writing the book in in puzzle pieces, you know, different mm-hmm. different separate scenes which later on I put all of them together, and that makes people even more glorified knowing oh, that yeah. you, know, you know what kind of you know un- yeah. unorganized way of writing a book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have cheat sheets. Um, I always get confused of how old the character is or how many children they've had in the past books or those kind of things. So I make sure that, oh, you know, like if I, the first book had a couple get together and then, you know, the second book they had, a it's about a different couple, but you hear about the first couple having a kid. The third book, I, you know, have to have a note. Oh yeah, what was their kid's name? You know. Yeah. So there I mean, are cheat sheets, but other than that, I mean, Well, that's because I you're, you're writing
0: it. series, so it's, you know, it's yes. it's, it's a longer yes. time frame. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> yes.
0: and by the way, when you're writing a series, when do you know that this is the last book of the series? How do you decide that? I don't.
1: Um, (laughs) You know, I, I have seven of the seven books in my Pride series and I desperately want to write the eighth book, but I have a couple other projects before I can do that. And I have promised my readers that I will get the eighth book out. But, um, you know, it's, it's, if I could write every day, I think I can do it. But after, you know, writing, uh, breaking Travis for three days. I had to take a couple days off and then you have life, you know, we were moving and the kids yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, you've got to just make yourself you time as well. So don't just say, okay, I have to work, you know, sun up to sundown every single day. You have to step away because that's where the creativity comes yeah. is. When you're walking, take a walk in the neighborhood and your mind just goes. Yeah,
0: you you open up space for new things coming in. Yeah,
1: (laughs) And so, yeah, I never really close a series because you never know a year from now, I may want to write one more or a dozen more, you know, in that series.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh I see well um, very interesting actually because mm-hmm. i n- I never wrote a series, so mm-hmm. <laughs> for me it's it's like a completely new area <laughs>
1: right
0: <laughs> okay and so um do you have any uh you know uh specifically favorite series out of everything you've written or you like them equally?
1: You know, I, I do have a favorite series. Um, my West series is I, I, I just absolutely love it. And I know for me, Finding Pride, my very first book will always be my first baby, you know, uh-huh. so you always love it. But it's a love hate relationship because I've grown so much since I've written that book that I. I can't even read that book. I get frustrated at myself, but, um, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to rewrite it, but I can't. And you don't need to go back because you, your readers will really grow with you. And so for me, the West series is just, I love the sister aspect. I have, there are five girls in my family and two boys and my sisters are the world to me. And just like my kids, I mean, they they mean so much to me that I loved writing sisters into a book like this into a series mm-hmm. and so yeah you get a little bit of sister and you know and just loving their story plus you know I was raised in Washington State on a farm and. So, you know, my country girl came out in that series, which I love. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I see. So what would you advise newbie writers? I mean, what would be like the, the main several tips that looking back at your journey, you would just, you know, advise them?
1: Well, there's a recipe for what I'll give you. It's write, write, edit. Edit, 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 edit. (laughs) So, you know, find a good editor. Um, you know, I know that's hard, but there are sites out there that you can find people on good reads and stuff like that. Um, have them edit it, reread what they've edited to make sure that it's what you want it to be.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: then, you know, put it out there. If, um, you know, if you need to find a couple different editors do that, if, you know, if you're still getting reviews that, you know, you need to rewrite your book or you need to learn English, you know, those kind of things, which, I mean, there are trolls out there that'll just, you know, read your book and just dish you and And don't, don't um, respond to those people. They're living for your response. They want to you to engage them. So just, you know, move on, move past the, the negatives. And, you know, you can respond to the positives and say, Oh, I'm so happy that you enjoyed your book. And, and you, I, I am ecstatic when people say, Oh my goodness, I loved your book. It helped me through this. Um, finding pride. My very first book was about an abused woman who had gets a second chance. So I love hearing people say you really helped me during a dark time, those kind of things. But I also just love people saying, Oh, that was such an uplifting story. I mean, to me, it's just I love when people enjoy the books. So definitely editing is the key. Um, Write what you love and write what you know. Um, You know, that is the number one rule in writing is write what you know, but also write what you love, because if you don't love it and if you can't get behind what you're writing, then your readers are going to pick up on that. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much. The least I can do is um, go and read your books. <laughs> because I, I have to be honest, I haven't read them yet. So. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. And thank you so much for spending the time with me and my listeners and You're sharing uh, such an inspirational story. Because basically... I presume that most of my listeners and me as well are just, you know, in in the stage where you were in the very beginning. So it's very inspirational to see that people who started just like us, um, you know,
1: have succeeded so well. Yes, thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, That was it. I truly believe that this was a really inspirational interview. At least I was inspired by Jill Sanders' story. So before I leave you, I would like to say that if you have any kind of writer struggles, be that completing your book or anything connected to writing or self publishing or marketing your books or selling them or finding readers, anything that comes to your mind. Um, you can write me at ani at anialexander.com, A N I at anialexander.com, and schedule a 30 minute free Skype call. Uh, we will have a chat and we'll see if I could help you with anything and maybe um, together we will come up with a bestseller which will have your name on its cover. What I can't do instead of you though is write. That is the part that you have to complete yourself and um, that is something I encourage you to do right away. If you haven't written anything yet today, go and do that now. Make sure that you've written something today, be that a blog post, be that a part of your book, even a postcard or anything. Just make sure you create something, you put words next to each other and come up with something that you've created from scratch. Take care, have a nice day and I wish you lots of writing success.